Hey there, I'm Amanda Soler, founder of SoulfulLiving.com and creator and host of this podcast, Soulful Connections. This podcast offers a way to connect the dots between the lives we're living and the lives we want to live. You'll get to meet or get to know better people in our community who are willing to share what makes their lives meaningful, what brings them joy, and even how they've overcome obstacles that have been thrown their way. So find a cozy spot or keep driving and doing what you're doing, and let's connect. Connection. So today I have Joanna Hadaraska, who is a holistic nutritionist, a pain and inflammation expert, author, speaker, ordained minister, and founder of Nutrition in Motion. Um, and Joanna helps people unravel layers of stress and pain and health challenges. And then the idea is to get people feeling better quickly, and yet also giving them the tools to maintain their health for life, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So first of all, I just have to say, I didn't know that you were an ordained minister, and that's really interesting and exciting to me it's as something, well. It's something that I did five years ago. That's and really it's, cool. It just kind of helps me to bring in more light and more loving into the sessions that I have with my clients. And actually, it kind of helps me do that with everybody all the time. That's really awesome. Um, can you share a little bit about Nutrition in Motion? What exactly is that? It's the company that I founded uh, 18 years ago. And it's almost it's it's almost 18 years. It was it was the January of 2004 that I started it. And the reason why I started it is really because I had adrenal exhaustion 20 years ago. It'll almost be 21 years ago. And adrenal exhaustion is similar. Most people know what... Um, chronic fatigue is. But I was seeing an alternative physician already because I was already into that holistic kind of stuff. And I needed something that was a little bit more um, aligned with what my, my principles are. But through that process, I knew that the body can heal given the right tools and nutrition was just the foundation of that. And it was through that process, you know, my sister actually had a, a chronic fatigue two years prior to me. But when I learned more about chronic fatigue, it's like, oh, this is just like your inability to deal with stress. And the stress can be emotional stress, physical stress, mental stress, um, uh, toxic stress, chemical stress. It's all stress. And your body, your adrenal glands, you know, they're the tiny little glands on top of your, your kidneys. And they basically are your fight or flight glands. And if they get tired or exhausted, they're not working right. And so you are so tired. And I was so tired. I have never been so tired in my whole life. And this happened six months after I did my first Ironman triathlon. And, you know, an Ironman, two and a half mile swim, 112 mile bike, 26.2 uh, mile run, all in one day, all in under 12 hours. And then the next thing, I can't even walk to the mailbox and back without needing a nap. I think something's not quite right. So it was that experience of 
learning new ways of dealing with the stress and using nutrition as the foundation to help the body actually rebalance, re recalibrate and regain its, its full function. And I did end up doing actually another Ironman a year later, but it was that journey that I thought, you know, here I am, little miss competitive athlete, competitive salesperson, competitive is kind of like my middle name. And if I did this to me, there's probably lots of other people doing this to themselves unknowingly. And now I know that they can heal from this because I have some of the tools now that I can share with them so that they can work through their, their health issue without having to go through medication and medication and medication, which have more side effects than they want and more medications to counteract the, the side effects. That's actually fascinating to me because 18 years ago, you know, this wasn't as popular as it is now. So you were pretty much a vanguard because, right. you know, that really isn't back then, you know, people weren't talking about mind-body connection. Exactly. What had you been doing prior to starting your um, company? So I was in sales and okay. originally after college, I was actually a chemistry major. Oh, and I, strangely enough, nutrition was the, that was a course that I took. And I, now I can't remember if it was junior year, senior or junior year or senior year, spring term that I took this, but I was like too late to change my major. Now I'm pretty much done. I'm not starting over. So nutrition was already kind of something that I was really interested in. And I was actually going to start working with Jenny Craig out of school and then like the Friday before I was supposed to start on Monday, I had another interview with a company that did chemical sales and they were sales distribution. And I thought, well, this is more aligned with what it is that I went to school for. And, and it really set this foundation for what it is that I do because now I'm selling my services and it's really helping, you know, learning how to listen to the client, understand what the issue really is and really asking the right questions to, understand really what the problem is, what the real issue is. And once I gather up all that information, then it's like, okay, it sounds like this is what's going on. And there's always a stress component. Every single client, I'm telling you 99% of my clients, when I ask them, when did this start? Was there a stressful period or a uh, really high stress event that happened three to six months before the symptoms started. 99% say yes. And that 1% is usually so disconnected from their own body that they don't remember until two or three sessions in. How do you come by your your clients? I just started wondering that. Is it word of mouth? Is it? It's word of mouth. It's it's social media. Yeah. You know, before COVID, it was a lot of speaking engagements. You know, I right. would talk to to either other networking groups. Some sometimes I went to to some Rotary groups, but I did. Um, and then there were some events that I would also do where I would actually sign up to do one of the the speaking events because I find that people need to, especially with nutrition, people need to kind of get an idea of what I do and how I do it. They're not just going to like show up and, and hi, I'm ready. Although, you know, what I have on my website, a lot of people will just look for nutritionists near me. They like what I have on my website and then they call me, we have a conversation and then they're like, Oh, I love your, I love the way that you do this. And 
you can do this all with food and just helping me deal with all the stress. My, right. One of my recent clients is like, she emailed me and said, I love what you have on your website. I am so ready to heal from inside out. That is very fascinating because I would think that it's such a, uh, we have such a odd relationship with nutrition in, I don't know if it's in our country or in the world or just human beings or as a child, um, you know, what was your childhood like? Did nutrition play a role? Did you have a certain way of eating as a family? We did have eating as a family. And, you know, in terms of nutrition, when I was growing up, that part was fine. You know, my mother cooked all the meals. Yeah. She, I was one of those fortunate children that my mother did stay at home and she raised four children. And we also lived five houses from school. And so at that time, we were pretty much at home every day for lunch. Nice. So, you know, two, three home yes. cooked meals every single day, plus, you know, whatever snacks. And if we were at school for lunch the, and had a brown bag lunch, it would be a sandwich with um, something made from, from dinner last night. And we'd have a bag of carrots and an apple. Oh, that's great. And, you know, so, and, and we had lettuce. We always had like green leaf lettuce in our sandwiches and a significant amount. So, the balanced nutrition was already there. The eating at home and making your own food was already there. And that's just part of what nutrition is. But I realized later on through, through the journey, even after I started my business, there's a lot of emotional stuff that goes on. And those emotional things that if you're, if you're raised in a family where uh, there's high expectations, and, and especially in my family, there were four girls. So it's like, there's no time to ask you, you know, what's wrong. Just get on with it and, and, and uh, yeah. do whatever needs to be done. Well, I was a sensitive and emotional kid. And my twin sister will still say, you were so moody. And I was like, well, you know, because I got triggered by things and I processed it a certain way, but then I was never actually able to express what it was. So then I just buried those emotions. Those buried emotions actually started a, a cascade of me trying to prove myself in other ways to say that I'm important, to say that I'm, you know, things, things to do that would bring me praise. Right. And athleticism was one of those things where it was actually pretty easy for me. And looking back, I'm like, you know, that's why I did more training. And I ended up starting with the sprint race and the triathlon, then went to the Olympic, then the half, then I did the full, you know, and it's like, it just kept getting longer and longer because when I was with my athlete friends, they didn't care that I, my, that I had just gotten out of bed and my hair is all upside down. They're like, yay, you're here. Let's go have fun. And we would just go have fun doing whatever it is that we were doing. And away from the athletics, it was like, pressure from work, pressure to perform, pressure here, you know, and all those stressors really made me go do more of what made me feel free, which was training. But and, then the training yeah. became the stressor and my body couldn't deal. And the only way I knew how to deal with stress was to train. Mm -hmm. Do you see how, mm -hmm. so it's like, there's all these little moving parts and pieces. And when I finally started reading up more about, uh, what is adrenal exhaustion and how did I get here? And that's how I work with my clients. It's like, okay, well, how did you get to where you are? Now we've got to unravel those, those things yeah. to get you back to where you want to be 
or maybe even better than where you were because you didn't even realize that you were feeling that bad. Mm -hmm. So it was that journey of realizing and starting to put the, the you know, connecting the dots mm -hmm. and going, okay, I need to find a different way to cope because I can't just do athletics, even though that's yes. part of what I do. That's the thing that grounds me that if I don't move every day, I am not in a good mood. So what other things do you do to help manage that stress and your own expectations and all of that? Well, I've had to become a realist. So, you know, it's not like I'm not a dreamer, but I'm definitely, okay, let's just be realistic and just be present. And I think breathing, deep breathing is probably the tool that I use the most for myself and with my clients. Because when you're in your head, you can't come up with a good answer. You can react instead yeah. of respond with, with something nice. So, and then you have to like apologize and do all this, you know, backpedaling for what you just said, but it's really the deep breathing is probably my key um, activity mm -hmm. to bring back the calm. Do you have any um, daily rituals or nighttime rituals or morning rituals, or do you kind of just get up, take a deep breath and move forward in your day that's pretty much it but i do yeah. always have my movement i call it movement therapy everybody yeah, calls that's... it exercise but how many people love the word exercise <laughs> right. it sounds like work yeah so and, and when i'm working with clients too it's like okay what activity do you enjoy i don't really care what it is but if somebody tells me go run on the treadmill or walk on the treadmill i'm like that is the most boring thing on the planet why would i suggest that to anybody Right, right. Go walk someplace that brings you joy. Go do an activity that brings you joy. Right. You know, whether it's yoga, whether it's um, walking, whether it's running, whether it's swimming, whether it's aqua aerobics. If you need somebody to do it with, go find somebody to do it with. Because that's also something that we're humans that need connection. And a lot of times doing activities with somebody else, before you know it, 45 minutes has gone by and you you didn't even realize that it did. And then would you say that is part of your purpose? Like when you think of like a mission or a purpose in life, yeah. um, and is it to bring that health to other people? It's, it's, it's bringing the health to other people, but it's really helping people to love their body and their life. It's really putting the loving, like it's a verb, you know, it's yeah. loving themselves on a greater level than what they they even thought was imaginable. Oh, that's wonderful. So, and I know when I when I first came up with them, like nobody's gonna understand this loving thing. And I'm like, you know what? But that's what it is. It's yeah. about being more loving to yourself and, and being able to realize that you are enough already. You are worth it. And embracing the traits that are, you know, maybe unconventional or weird. And it's like, okay, your family might not have recognized those traits. Maybe one person did, but the other five didn't. And, but that's who you are. That's, right. that's the easiest person for you to be because it's you. Yeah. So it's helping clients to be more loving of those aspects, embracing them more, and then finding a routine that honors what their body needs. And if they're not in tune with what their body needs, 
that's part of the process that I work through with them is to help them understand. And then they, you know, along the way, they just kind of have this, oh, I realized that I really enjoy, you know, walking in the woods. And so I need to do that two, three times a week. That's the thing that grounds me the most. Right. And, you know, it's kind of hard to love other people if we don't have a healthy self love, you know? Absolutely. But you know, that's another thing I had, I had unhealthy self-love. I did not have self-love. I had fabulous self-loathing. Right. And you know, people would give you a compliment or give me a compliment. And in my mind, I'm like, no, 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 no. And I would have all the reasons of why that was all false. Yes. Well, that's not helping me. That's creating more stress on me too. But yeah. that's part. And then when you're in that place of stress, then you choose foods that Sure. Feed the, you know, the, the hurt, so to speak. I always wonder, even with myself, why am I, when we, a friend of mine, Kira says she has a presentation that she gives that says something like, why do we do what we do when we know what we know? So we know what foods are unhealthy, but, but we, we eat, eat them. it anyway. And what is that? You know? Yeah. And I sometimes say, you know, you've got to give yourself permission to eat, you know, some crap's every now and that but my crap is no longer like that's probably the way people think is like emulated awesome all the time right. it's finding that balance but i've made that i help the client my clients to really make that connection between the foods that they eat how they eat it and how they feel as a result of it because you could eat the most perfect food that's perfect for you but if your emotional state about yourself and about eating is all imbalanced or in a negative state, you're not going to digest that food. You're not going to process that food. And it's not going to be enjoyable except for the 10 seconds while you were eating it. Okay. I have a question I like to ask, which is a day without this it's is chocolate. a wasted day. Chocolate. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Oh, well, I thought you were going to say movement. Or well, there's that too. Like, there's so many things. Like, but chocolate with, is funny. Chocolate is one of them. Yeah. But a day without, well, I have some. Really without movement. <laughs> I know. You, you have some good ones too. Like you've got the Primo Lint. <laughs> I, I have a big thumbs up over here for that good, one. Good, good. But the, but yeah, movement is, is right up there too. But a day without me moving and then being outside is a wasted day. Great. Well, we were just talking about chocolate. Could you just expound a little bit about your about chocolate and why that's one of your favorites? Mm-hmm. Why a day can't go by. Yes. A day without chocolate is a day that might as well be wasted. Yes. So years ago, I I, I would give I would give up um, chocolate for lunch every single stinking year. You know, because it was something like something that gives you pleasure. And it gave me pleasure. You know, exercise gives me pleasure too, and so do uh, some other things. But I realized during those times that, you know, my birthday always landed in the middle of Lent. It's always right smack there. So I can make it the first two weeks and then it's my birthday. Well, of course I'm having, you know, chocolate and pear with whipped cream cake because that's my favorite thing. And then I was, I was done. But I realized that I really just needed to make peace with chocolate because chocolate was what it was, what I celebrated with. It's what I was depressed with. It's what I'm anxious with. It really covered, it was like the go-to for like anything and everything that I was going through. So if I could make peace with, with this is my thing, then I didn't have to feel bad about eating yeah. it. 
I didn't have to create another level of anxiety and stress that, oh, I'm I'm a bad person. I can't control my chocolate intake. Sometimes I tell people, I go, if you saw the the, the quantity of chocolate that I eat in a week, you'd be like, "Uh, (laughs) do you have a problem? No, I just really, it's my, it's my thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's really wonderful to hear actually. Yeah. And my quality of life totally suffered when I took out that chocolate and I would try to all these alternatives. And one year I decided that for Lent, instead of giving up the chocolate, I would um, improve some, some things with food intake. And, you know, a lot of times chocolate cravings are low magnesium. So I included more green foods and that have more magnesium in it to maybe see if the, the chocolate would, would be at a lesser intake level. And it did work. That's interesting, actually. Yeah. So, it's <laughs> but like, you know, it's an experiment. And I to, versus chocolate. Right. Well, I, I was talking to a client several years ago, and, and this is something that I posted on Facebook the other day because it was like the memory that popped up. And a lot of times I'll, I'll suggest to my clients, you know, can you just start with adding half a cup of greens to your meals? You know, it's not about always depriving and taking things out. It's mm-hmm. like, what can we add? And the greens are, are something that, you know, they have antioxidants in them, so that's going to help counteract the stress. They have um, calcium and magnesium, which also help to to relax muscles when you're stressed. They also have the magnesium, which which um, keeps your muscles from um, cramping. So there's a lot of things that, that the greens have, so I find that it's an easy thing to add. And, you're, and as athletes, your body recovers in a state of alkalinity, the green vegetables also alkalize. So many reasons why you want to add the, the greens plus when there's extra fiber. And when extra you're talking water. about greens, are you speaking like about lettuces and lettuces, everything? green beans, asparagus, okay. you know, spinach, chard, broccoli, cabbage, you know, green. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, I want to segue from greens into books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no natural segue there, but yeah. um, books. Do you have a favorite book, a book that has made an impact, a book that you read? Oh, my God. That... I, I've read so many books, and, and um, I think the, the most recent one that I read was last year, one that was called, or was it this year? It was called Cured. Oh, interesting. It's actually about, like, 350 pages. But Cured is – a. Um, It's a book written by a doctor who's not only a doctor. Well, unfortunately, I experienced a technical snafu right as Joanna was explaining how she liked the book Cured by Dr. Jeffrey Rediger. The book mirrors Joanna's feelings about how, given the right tools, the body can heal naturally. I hope you'll check out her website, Nutrition in Motion, and find out if her approach to wellness can help you. My thanks go out, goes out to Joanna Hadaraska for sitting down with me and sharing her wisdom, her experiences, and her perspective on wellness. Hey, thanks for listening. And thank you so much to Billy Aronson, who gifted me with his wonderful music and even coming up with the word connections for this podcast. Thanks to my bestie, Roseanne Griffiths. She serves as 
the official advisor and unofficial associate producer of this podcast. Thank you to all of my friends and family who let me bounce ideas off of them. And to you guys who listen, please let me know your thoughts, your ideas, your questions. You can reach me at soulfullife at gmail.com. That's S like solar, O-L-F-U-L-L-I-F-E at gmail.com.